0: Right, we all settled in? Okay, let's uh, let's begin then, shall we? 1 Peter 1, verse 7. Um, we were here, I think, last Sunday. Tom gave a talk on uh, patience. Yeah, patience having a perfect work. Was that on Sunday? Last Sunday night? Even he doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Sunday night. The weeks go so quick, though, don't they? They really do. The weeks go so quick. Um yeah, I think it was Sunday. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But um, you know, as as often uh, when you hear talks and you have good fellowship, they provoke other thoughts. This is why the Bible says we should not neglect the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but provoke one another to love and to good work. So, <clears throat> what you find is when you're in it, you're uh, you're being provoked. Things are things are coming up within us. And they uh, they lead us on to other things. Well, this uh, this led me on to this talk today. I want to talk about it was the phrase really that came up last Sunday, faith. Is much more precious than gold, that was the phrase that caught me attention. Faith is much more precious than gold, so that 's the title of the talk today uh, faith uh, much more precious than gold and we 're going to start in one Peter one uh, where it was read and uh, in verse seven okay to uh, to start off with okay um, it says that the trial of your faith uh, being much more uh, precious than gold that perishes. Uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So here, again, we've probably heard some of these things before, but nevertheless, it's um, it's uh, no coincidence, of course, that faith and gold are written in the same verse here, because they go through Exactly the same process, okay? And uh, let's just establish from the outset, gold is incredibly precious. All right, I might ask you, when you left your home today, how many pieces of gold did you find on the way to this hall? That's how rare gold is. Maybe not on your fingers or in your ears, sisters. Not gentlemen, obviously, because we wouldn't wear those, but... um, gold is pretty rare if we didn't have shops we didn't have the internet to buy this stuff it will be rare and it is rare you know if you if you watch a bit of the telly which is i'm sure people do there is probably currently about um half a dozen shows different shows on people seeking gold um you know in various things people in the jungles And uh, all sorts, the one that I've uh, had, um, I've I've watched every now and again is the one in Outback Australia. And you get these, uh, sometimes you get men, sometimes you get women, husband and wife team. And that's their living, they go out, they pack the van, they basically go out into Outback Australia and they go searching for gold. And it is a live or die situation. If they don't get the gold to earn the money, they cannot feed their families and uh, and it is it is the documenting of the highs and lows of finding gold because it is so rare and uh, it's an interesting program but nevertheless um you know um gold uh, that's why gold is so precious because it's rare not because it's common when things are common it's cheap you can get it anywhere Gold is precious because it's rare. And the Bible says here that faith, true faith, Bible faith, is even rarer or more valuable than precious gold. Get your head around that, yeah? <clears throat> Bible faith is much more precious than gold which perishes. Right? Bible faith. How rare, then, is proper faith? If gold is rare, how rare is proper faith? That's the question, you know. And uh, we're just going to d- discover some things a bit about faith uh, today. As I say, faith and gold in the same sentence, they endure similar processes. As we know, gold goes through fire. And uh, when when it's exposed to fire, um, the dross or the scum or the foreign matter in that material comes to the top. It's called dross, as we know. You scrape it off the top. You've heard me talk about this before, and then it becomes more refined. The more fire that gold sees, the more pure it will be. We know this stuff, uh, of course. And because it'll be more pure, it has um, more luster to it. L-U-S-T-R-E, not lustre as in lusting, but lustre as in glow, as in reflection, okay? As in the word lustre actually originally means illumination is what it means, right? So the more pure that gold becomes, the more lustre you get, the more illumination you get. To such a point, as we've established when I gave a talk about gold ages ago, um, it can be so pure and so uh, illuminated, if you like, right? So much luster on it, you can see your face in it. You can see your reflection in it. We would know this, of course. Um, I've never had a gold bullion bar to actually test whether I could see my face in it, but I can imagine I could do, yeah? One day, I'll uh, I'll get my hands on one and I'll tell you whether it worked or not. <laughs> I'll have the shock in my life, won't I? Um Well, faith is like this as well, you know. I mean, it talks about here, trial of your faith being much more precious than God. So we we need to understand, we need to understand, um, and it's it's, it's really important to understand that if we are um, of faith, if we are walking with the Lord, your faith will be tried, your faith will be tested, not by God, but by life and death. That's what the testing will be. And what life and death tends to do is it tends to put your faith on trial, okay? It tends to test your faith to see whether it is the genuine article. Are you with me? You know, that's basically what life does. So it's really important to understand this. As our brother was saying on Sunday, you know, the Bible talks about don't think it's strange that suddenly some trial has come your way. If we're people of faith, we should understand because of the gospel. Trial is not a bad day at the office. Trial is what you go through because of you stand for the Lord. That's what trial is, as we know. And we should understand because we're faith, because we speak that which is true, because we stand up for the Lord, we will have things test us. Reactions will test us. Life will test us. Uh, death will test us. You know, And uh, we want to be able to, uh, of course, as it says here, that it after the testing might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The appearing of Jesus Christ, I always kind of thought, and it probably is the Lord's return, the seeing of the coming of the Son of Man. But I also think the appearing of Jesus Christ as in reflecting in your face. So the gold, when you look at gold, it reflects you. When you look at Bible faith, it reflects Him. That's really nice. That's really nice, you know. Gold reflects us. Faith reflects Him. So He can see His face in you. So that when people look at us, we are such a people that they can see God in us. That's what the Bible says. Um, uh, You're the light of the world, you know. And really, that's uh, that's really what it's about. So it's just, I suppose, you know, just to start off with, I like this and I like to understand how things work because then I don't panic when stuff comes my way, when, when stuff happens. I know it's that beginning a process. Sometimes I might not like the process, all right, because sometimes it hurts, <laughs> all right, but I know um, it's testing me. And he wants to push me buttons. He wants to see how far I can go without losing it. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about, you know? And what we wanted to be doing uh, is, of course, is have a faith, look after our faith so much, and uh, keep a strong faith that it comes out on top, no matter what comes our way, that it might be found to praise and honour and glory at the appearance. So at the end of the trial... God gets the glory. God sees His face in that person's faith. People see God in you, your testimony, because of what you've gone through. Yeah. Um. So as I say, it, it, um, it, uh, it, they go through the same process. Only one of them saves us. This is the thing we're set up in a world where they'll tell you gold saves you. You can buy yourself out of trouble with gold. Alright, um, but gold runs out, and faith, if you look after it, can only increase. That's a nice little thing, you know. Only one of us saves that We must not be swayed any other way to think that gold will save us rather than faith. Uh, I'm sure we're not, but nevertheless... Uh, we often meet people, as we know, when we're speaking the gospel, and I, I use this a lot in talks, I suppose, because it comes up a lot when you're speaking the gospel, is people lose their faith because of maybe they've lost a loved one or whatever it might be. It's sad. Um, it's, um, it is... Um, It is sad to see someone in that position and they really have lost their faith. But it's, you know, if they knew the process, they might see it differently, you know. And um, as I say, God doesn't send these trials and tribulations upon us. It's life, mate. It's life. And it's life um, that comes our way because uh, obviously, well, some of it's to do with the law some of it's our own making sometimes we create our own trouble don't we yeah and uh, if we're honest and uh, and even people in this world small groups of people in this world who stand for something they get trouble as well you know so but we've got uh, what makes the difference so i just want to talk about this faith a bit uh, being much more uh, precious than gold okay so let's go to luke 18 so, the principle in that one is gold reflects us, reflects our face, faith reflects his face. All right. And it's better to find out now, isn't it? Because there's a day coming when all is going to be said and done. And if then we find out and it's not quite up to scratch, we're snooking, aren't we? So it's better to it's better to find out now where we can adjust, we can grow, we can clean the dross off, whatever you know. We can we can pass the test as as it were. And I, I'll keep repeating during this talk because I think it's important to understand that it doesn't come from God. The trial does not come from God. Okay. Um, God's our Father. He is empowering us. He is uh, giving us faith anyway to start with. And uh, he is helping us along the way so that, uh, of course, he can be seen uh, in our testimony. So Luke 18 verse, um, um, I put verse 18, but it's actually verse 8. So this is my thought. This has been on my mind all week since the talk is how precious, how rare and precious is gold. You can't find gold everywhere, can you? because if we did we'd be picking it up i know it's i know i'm making it overly simple but you can't just pick it up anywhere and as i say its rarity gives it its value and um i think when you think about that in in terms of faith okay true faith uh is rare and that's why it is valuable and that's why we should look after it yeah Uh, So, Luke 18, verse 8, this is Jesus speaking here, and even he hints at this. He says, um, nevertheless, Luke 18, verse 8, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? All right, gold is precious. The Faith which Jesus is coming to find is pre- you can't just pick it up anywhere, you know. Will he find some? Will he find some when he comes? You know, he'll find a lot of things when he comes, <laughs> as we're going to point out later on. But will he find a, a true, true faith which has stood, which has stood trial, which has stood the testing, you know? Um. And like precious metals, true faith is hard to find. Will he find it when he comes? Will he find it in us? Praise the Lord we've got here thus far. Praise the Lord for that. By the grace of God, uh, you know, we are here. But there is still some time to go, isn't there? You know, there is still things to go through. Life is still going on. Life's not going to stop if we're not in the mood for it. And so what you find is, um, you know, things are going to be continually testing us and pushing us as far as we can go. And I want to talk really about how we can actually learn th- things from the Bible, about how we can overcome that when when it comes our way, uh, particularly. Um, uh, so, um, what have I got here? Yeah. You know, stuff comes our way, doesn't it? And especially be, maybe because of the gospel. And what we've got to ask ourselves, really, on a personal level, is this bigger than my God? These are just practical things that we can all apply on a daily basis when it comes to um, when it comes to being at trial and tested. Really, is this bigger than my God? Am I going to give it up because this is too big? Or is my God bigger than this? Ask yourself the question because it's testing you. It's testing your faith. Are you going to cave in because of this? Or have you got what it takes? Have you got him? You've got him He and he'll take it. Have you got what it takes to overcome it? That's basically pretty much as simple as it it can be. Or the other thing is, you could you could rephrase it in a different way. You could say, is this more important than my commitment to God? We all have things shout for our attention, don't we? Things to do, places to be. Is it more important than my commitment to God? This is how faith works. It's rare, it's rare to actually, uh, for people to ask this question uh, within themselves. Okay, uh, and to actually come up with the right answer. Um, obviously, uh, we would see many more people in the kingdom of God if people believed that their God was bigger than their situation they were dealing with. We would obviously see more people in the kingdom of God if they if they felt their commitment was to God was more important than what they were dealing with. Simple. It's not rocket science as we know, but it really is important to know uh, how it works as we know. Um, the Bible says in Matthew six verse thirty-three. Just as we, well, not that we're passing, but I've got it written down here just to remind me. Matthew six thirty-three. Um, it says, uh, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; all of the things will be added to you." We know the we know the verse. Um, do we believe the verse? life life will test that in you life will test whether you will put god first above your own needs life will test that and if uh, if you don't hold to that uh, when that comes that shows us um that uh, we don't really believe that verse okay so seek first the kingdom of god i've mentioned it before it seems to be coming up in conversations again um, so I'll just say it again from the front here. It's like a needle and thread. Seeking first the kingdom of God is like a needle and thread. Okay, you put the needle, which is the sharp bit, you put that first, and then, you you, you know, the cotton follows. There are only things that work in life when you put them first. They are the only way they work all right and as i've mentioned before um you know it'd be very hard to sew a garment by putting the cotton first trailing the needle and there's sometimes life will test us like that and then we get frustrated to think how is this not working and the, as i say that the, jesus said you put me first put the sharp end in first and the cotton will follow, and what the cotton does, as it trails the needle, it brings the garment together, it brings your life together. Put God first in front, and then the things that follow will all start coming together. What you eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on, and all this sort of stuff, yeah? That's how it works. Believe that. It's written for a purpose, okay? And, And true faith believes that. But if you find we're struggling with that, um, you know uh, that's just something to address practically. That we can uh, that we can put that right and get the benefits uh, of it. So it's rare. That is rare for, for 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 people to put God first. Right? It is. Make no mistake about it. It is a rare thing. But true faith does it, and it is not a problem. It's not that hard, it's not difficult, it just believes what's written. You know, a needle pulling thread, not a thread pulling needle, you know. There's a song about that, isn't there? Needle pulling thread. Something about, what is it? Needle pulling thread. Uh, Anyway, Um, let's go to verse one. Was that Julie Andrews who sang that? Huh? Sound of music, yeah. There you go. I must be cultured. <laughs> I think I only watched it once in my life. <sighs> um. So yeah, we obviously we're looking at true faith. So I, what I want to do, as we always do, you heard it um, quite a lot last night when our brothers were answering the questions from the Bible. What we do is we like to look at the context of things. We like to see what's written before and after. So in, the, in that verse 8 that we just read about, is he going to find it when he comes back? I want to find out what he was talking about and what the summary was afterwards. So we're just going to read around it uh, to see whether it um, to see whether it fits. So Luke eighteen verse one says, "And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint." Saying there was there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded men. And there was, there was a widow in that same city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Yeah. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor do I regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? That's the context. So the impression I get when I read this, I don't know whether you get the same one, but I get the impression... People uh, neglect prayer and lose heart because God, they feel God is delaying the answer. I don't know whether you get the same impression. That seems to be, because he's he's then saying, you know, uh, well, you know, where's the faith going to be at the end? Where's the faith going to be at the end? Am I going to come and find faith on the earth? people have lost faith in god because maybe they've not he he's not responded the way uh, they expected which will be a great shame there's some good things in this uh, in this parable um first of all it's um it's uh, we, we can learn some stuff from this because he gives um He's given an example of someone who's unjust. It says he doesn't he doesn't fear God and he doesn't regard men. And he then it says that in verse one and four. So you know it's pretty ca- categorical that this guy is completely insensitive to the people around him, and he just doesn't regard anyone really. Quite self centered and ignorant, if you like. He's unjust, you know, and. Um, you know, and uh, he's saying because this woman, this widow, who's got no one to plead for her, she's on her own. Um, because she keeps coming to him, he basically gives in. He gives in, and he, you know, he he uh, he does what's uh, needful. And a lot of people, or a lot of churches, rather, misunderstand what this is saying. P- people think that what uh, Jesus is saying here. <laughs> Is that you have to weary God? You have to make, you have to tire God out with what you're praying about before He answers. That's how people see this verse, right? And that's why they lose faith. That's why they don't pray and they lose heart. And Jesus is not saying that at all. He says, um, "Well, first of all, if God did it that way, He would be unjust too. Is an unjust judge." You know, and that's why he reacts the way he does. All right, he gives in at the end. But nevertheless, it's important to understand, of course, as Jesus said, hear what the unjust judge says. So in other words, if this guy reacts like this, how much more shall your heavenly father help you in time of need? He's not saying God is like an unjust judge. He's saying, "Well, this is what this guy does. So, how much more are your father's going to help you out?" That's basically what he's saying. So, always pray and don't think. What he says there, does not he? You know, uh, that uh, he spake a parable to them. To this is my favourite bit in this one. To this end, so this was the summary of it. All right, this was the moral of the story, if you like, is always pray and don't faint. All right, always pray and don't faint. That's what faith does. True Bible faith rooted in Jesus Christ never passes the opportunity to pray and communicate with the Lord. Nor does it lose heart. Nor does it lose heart. That's true Bible faith. Okay. Yeah, you might have your ups and downs. We all have our ups and downs, of course. But if your faith is in the right place, nothing touches that faith. Are you with me? Um Don't know whether this is coming across quite like it was great in my it was great in my mind this. But anyway, um so was the way. Always works out better in my head. Um, You don't have to wear God out through your prayer to get a response. That's not how God does business, all right? And because people feel like that, that's why they forget to pray. Well, forget to pray. Don't pray and lose heart. And Jesus is saying, that's how he does it. Your heavenly father's quick to respond. What's it say? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily quick reaction force alright uh, it's avenge by the way not revenge alright vengeance is being banded around as a word you know in the last 12 months or whatever vengeance is mine and all that sort of stuff vengeance is the law but it's not it's not uh, um, It's not revenge it's avenge it's different alright um, avenge is to prove you're innocent to clear your name, that's what avenge is. It's not revenge. It's not it's not to pray to God to get your own back. That's not what this is about. You know, it's to uh it's to uh pray to the Lord that he as it were he's, he's, he he clears your name, he proves you're innocent. That's just in this particular instance, but nevertheless the Lord can do a lot more than that. Um so yeah, um to this end, so I've put here if no focus on communicating with God and the courage to carry out his will, um it's no wonder. It's no wonder people don't keep to the faith. If there is no communicate no focus on communicating with God and the courage to carry out his will. Okay. Um <clears throat> This is what faith does. This is the test of our faith, okay, is, um, first of all, if, uh, first of all, it's prayer. It comes by prayer, all right? If 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 we neglect a good prayer life, all right, I'm not suggesting anybody is, but what I'm saying, and this is what we can pass on to new ones or young ones or whatever it might be, uh, each other in time of trouble, Uh, True faith never gives up on prayer. It's always to pray. Always to pray. Okay? So it's communicating with God. If you stop praying, if I stop praying, faith is not going to follow that. And it shows, if, if that's the route we take when trouble comes, it shows we don't believe the Bible. Quite simply. All right, so anything that tests us and and uh, and gets us to neglect prayer, that's a that's testing our faith. You, do you see me, point? I'm not quite getting it out on the page. It's on the page, but I can't get it across to you. Makes sense in my head, but um, it's testing you. Are you going to stop praying? Because because it's trouble. Is that what we're going to do? You know, or do we pray more? Which way are we going to do it? Are we being persuaded? Or are we being dissuaded? Sometimes you got to get tough. You know, you got to get tough. You've got to get your roots down, as we know. Storms blow trees over. The only way to, to prevent that is to get your roots down pretty deep, uh, as we know. Trees don't tart big. They don't talk tough. They get the roots down they know where their strength lies and they get it down and when the storm's come, it doesn't really matter to them. Anyway, I'm going right off the subject, but um, who in this room... Well, no, let's not go there. Let's go to... uh, (laughs) Let's go to verse 9. So that was the parable of the unjust judge. Okay. And um, faith being much more precious than gold... Okay. Well, the first things usually to go from what we can read from that verse is prayer. The prayer and being discouraged. Those are the first signs. They're the groans of a spiritual death. That's pretty grim, isn't it? All right. We have to rate prayer. I'm sure we do, but nevertheless... We, we we must rate prayer and we must look after the courage to do God's will despite the opposition, despite what we have to contend with, because that is the thing really that again tests us. If life can keep us busy, if life can keep us occupied in the mind or in timetables or whatever and all swallowed up with what's going on in life, we won't do the work of the Lord. That's a test of our faith. When you think about it, it's testing our faith. Do we believe this book? Because if we do, no matter what we contend with in life or death or whatever it might be, we still serve the Lord. That's true Bible faith. If you believe this book, that's what you do when it comes to the crunch. You only find this out when it comes to the crunch. We'll all say amen now in the meeting, but it's it's in our moments, isn't it? It's in our challenges. It's in our times when we are tested, is really what shows what I believe. I'm sure we can all relate to this, but there are times, uh, you know, in my life, and I've given many testimonies about it. You know, readily the guy, the guy comes to mind who will pray with the sty on his eye. You know the testimony. I'd been given a talk in the house meeting the night before about the power of prayer. I was in work the following day. I'm giving you the short version because you've heard it a million times. I exaggerate. Um, and uh, the following day, I had to, this guy wanted prayer, and I panicked. It was a test of my faith. God wasn't giving it to me. It's life. He, he I'd spoken about the Lord when things were good in me, but now i've got this situation my colleague's got a, a a prayer need if you like a healing need and he wants me to pray for him what did i do i panicked and ran to the toilet and in the toilet my faith was tested what if it doesn't work do we do we recognize this i'm you know i'm happy to share this because i learned a lot from it you know it tested my faith i had a chat with god In the toilet, he put something in my mind, a strong thing in my mind, and it changed me there and then in the water closet, I would say, right? And I went out and I prayed with this guy and he was healed. Because what God does is he reminds you, I'm bigger than this. Your relationship with me is more important than anything else. And that's what faith does. It reassures you of that. You know what I'm saying? Faith, persuade, that faith, as we know, we've been looking at a lot about faith recently. It's persuasion. It also means ground confidence. We know this. So when we look at uh, 1 Peter 1 verse 7, which we did before, you could literally translate it. It will test our persuasion. That's a good one. Are you persuaded? Am I persuaded about what's written? Yeah that's what life does it tests how much you believe in it Do you we know this yeah it's uh, kind of scary but exciting at the same time Anyway verse 9 let's move on i wish you would Uh so that was the first parable then he speaks another one uh, in verse 9 on the other side of uh, on the other side of this uh, question Will he find faith on the earth <laughs> uh, so in verse 9 he says and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others Two men went up into the temple to pray, uh, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. Uh, he said Jesus says in verse 14 I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalts himself shall be abased and he that humbles himself self shall be exalted how rare is it to have a low opinion of yourself <laughs> that's a really good question how rare is it in this world to have a rare, uh, sorry, to have a low opinion of yourself? Humility. How rare is humility? They're all, they're all the same. They're all connected. Humility. I did write it down when I was thinking about it logically. Repentance leads to humility. All right, I got it wrong, I'm wrong, you're right, so therefore i humble myself. Repentance leads to humility. Humility then, uh, as you humble yourself before God, he's great, we're small, then you start to have faith. Believing in something, not just something, but bigger than yourself. That you realise you're not the biggest thing in the universe, you know. Leads to faith, and then faith leads on to obedience. Obedience of the Bible, the Word of God. Do we practice what we read? Because the the uh, you never mind like your nature will test how much you were persuaded by this. If I didn't have my own nature, phew, I'd be winning the race. <laughs> I'm sure we'd all, you know, we have uh, we have a lot to contend with with our own nature. Uh, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Again, apologies, it's not coming out of my mouth quite uh, in an orderly fashion as, uh, as I was thinking about it in my mind. But this is a key thing: repentance, humility, faith, and obedience. Okay, you can obey seek first the kingdom of god all right without true faith without true faith because faith is your persuasion that that's true never mind my situation that's true i'm gonna do that i'm gonna put the needle first and the thread will follow and everything in life will get you to do it the other way around because everything and your own nature will get you all swallowed up doing other things to take your eyes off this It will and it does and it will continue to do and this is why the world has gone religious people have lost the focus and we don't want to go the same way. So let's just pick up a few points in this um, parable here Um, Dennis was talking to me about a situation last night um, uh, out on the outreach Jordan. the week, Uh, I just put this in there because it kind of, But anyway um, not for you but it's a little too... It's funny because the Pharisee says uh, he stands and, and uh, prays thus with himself. God, I thank thee. So, you know, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good, I thank God. Yeah, hallelujah. But then he says, I am um, not as uh, I thank God I'm not like him over there. So what he's, th- what he's actually doing is actually, the Pharisee is actually putting himself below God, which is where we all should be, obviously. That's why I'm praying to God. But then he makes the fatal error of then saying, and I thank God I'm not like him. Because then what he does is he is putting himself below God, but he is putting himself above another man. And there is only one person who holds that slot, and it's called the mediator. Between God and man is Jesus Christ. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah? It's Jesus Christ. When we, yes, we might put ourselves below uh, God. Hallelujah for that. Because, you know, we want to be humble. But when we say, I thank God I'm not like him, we put ourselves in the position of Jesus Christ. That is a fatal error. And that catches many people out. Humility is rare. Bible faith is rare. Much more precious than gold why we have to look after uh, 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 that's why we have to look out for it, I love that I love it, it's such a good little thing isn't it <sighs> um, I've just wrote here God's not looking for those who believe they're right uh, but for those who can acknowledge when they're wrong Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So it backs it up. You know, this is the thing about being spirit-filled. We are spirit-filled. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. We're looking into doctrine. Praise the Lord. We had another good night last night, getting a Bible open, having a good search around, finding out things, learning, growing, experiencing it, uh, and so on and so forth, and having the blessing of the Lord. But this can lead us to a situation uh where um uh, perhaps uh where we're in a position where well, we're right well, we're right It's not about whether we're right or not it's about whether we can take it when we're wrong that's that's the hallmark of true faith humility is can we take it when we're wrong? not about how big we are how right we are sorry i feel like i'm kind of telling everyone off i'm not telling everyone off it's just it's great you know i really love this stuff anyway um we sing a song you got to go down if you want to go up (laughs) yeah i've done a bit of four-wheel driving in in newsley safari park for those who speak English, that was Noseley Safari Park. Sorry. That was a joke, by the way. Right. All right. Just checking. I did... Um, we got shot. I'm going to get shot, t Time. Uh, I did a little bit of four-wheel driving, thanks to yani my wife, at Nosley Safari Park. Right, And um, you know how you get up a big steep hill in a Jeep? You put it in the lowest gear. You got to go down if you want to go up. <laughs> Such a simple thing, you know. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. Let's go with James, too. I've got to finish it, definitely finish off. There's not this is a cracker. This one never saw this one before either. Listen, I probably haven't... I haven't done this justice, this topic. I know I haven't. I just can't seem to get it out of my mouth, really, what I want to say. But, you know, hopefully there's something in there that will kind of, you know, help you. All right. James 2, this is talking about faith and works. All right. So... It says here in verse uh, James 2, verse 14, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to, to, to the body, what does it profit? Even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Just giving an example. Right, and I really like this because, you know, if we really believe God will look after us, and I mean, if we really believe that God will look after us, we can afford to look after others. That's proper faith. That's proper faith. Proper faith is not looking at ourselves and how much we're sort of missing out or we haven't got as much as anyone else or whatever. That's, that's completely irrelevant. What's relevant is it gives this example here. You know, if you can't look after a brother or sister and give them what they need, you, you can't really trust that the law will look after you. You see what I'm saying? Oh am going to get shot during tea time? Yeah. It's a good one now, isn't it? if you believe that god will look after you you can afford to be looking after other people beautiful that's faith that says that uh, verse 18 yea a man may say thou hast faith and i have works show me thy faith without thy works and i will show thee my f- and i will show thee my faith by my works got it there in the end all right this rattles around my head. This one, so I've just, I've, I've just, uh, I've just tried to clarify it in my own head. Show me if the question is, show me your faith without works. Well, show me your faith without works, Surely that's just words. It doesn't have work. Surely it's just words. Well, I believe. I have faith. It's just words. Talk is cheap, you know. Um, we often say. People say all the right things. Let's see what they do. I actually just mentioned that just this afternoon already. All right, people can say all what they like. It's what they do is the hallmark of whether they are true. Same with faith. We can say all we like, but it's what we are backing it up with is whether there's a distinction in the true faith or not. Amen? Not so sure. Okay. Show my faith by my works is the other one. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Show my faith by my works. Paul says, can't remember where it is, probably in Corinthians somewhere. um, You know, people seek a proof of me, of my ministry. And uh, I really love what Paul does. I can't quote any verses now. They escape me. But he he, he doesn't talk about all the people that have been healed or the miracles or anything like that. What he lists off is the things he endured for the preaching the gospel. The opposition he had because he stood for the Lord. That's what he lists as proofs that he was genuine for the Lord. Lovely, isn't it? Anyway... So show show my faith by my works. Okay, well, I believe I am persuaded that this is true. So therefore, I can afford to look after you. True faith says that. I believe God will look after me, so I can look after you. Okay, um, I don't just believe that. I'm persuaded by it. That's why I look after you. Vice versa. If you're not persuaded by that, you won't look after someone. Makes sense. <clears throat> and the tet. Well, anyway, um, I believe this. Therefore, I fellowship. I evangelize. I serve. I enjoy. I mean, it's not just me. I'm not. You know. I'm sort of put yourself in the first person. That's why I serve. That's why I endure. That's why I overcome. That's why I give. Because I believe this. I am persuaded by this. And no matter what tests uh, the faith, true faith comes up with those things. It does. Because if you believe it's true, you automatically do those things. You do. You know? And um, it's just good to know. Anyway, I need to finish up. Verse 19, this is a good one. I've always used this in a different context, but I kind of see it a little bit differently today. So bear with me. It says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. So I always use this one for when I'm witnessing and I say, well, if you believe, good on you, but you actually do no more than the devil does. And then you kind of wait for the, something (laughs) for people to throw at you, you know. But what I actually see it as now is even the devil's belief causes him to move. How about that? Let's read it again. Thou believest there is one God, you've done well, but the devil believes and he trembles. All right? The way I see it today is even the devil's belief that there is one God gets him moving. Just moving in the opposite direction. (laughs) It gets him moving because he believes it. So this is the thing, if you believe it, if you're persuaded by it, it gets you moving. That's what it does. And that even works the opposite way. It just gets you moving in the opposite direction. So if you believe this stuff and you're persuaded by this stuff, you automatically do what it says. And we can we can always uh, sort of just, you know, not uh, we can just use it as a little bit of a measuring stick in our own walks because it'd be quite foolish to go ahead and do something if you weren't persuaded by it in the first place. So if you're not involved in something, if you're not committed to something, you've got to ask yourself the question, why is that? And you're going to come up with the answer quite easily. It's because I'm not persuaded by by it or what's written. Well, get it open, have a read, have a good study, have a pray about it, be persuaded and move in the right direction. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's just finish up verse twenty. But thou wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. In other words, faith is moving. All right, it has works with it. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac up his, his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought? With his works and by works was made was faith made perfect. And the scripture that was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by a work by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Alright, not just words. Anyone can say anything the like, let's see what we're gonna do. Let's see what we're going to do about what we say. That's what it's talking about. Verse 25. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith uh, without works is dead also. Why is that? Because it's just words. Because it's just words. Faith, proper faith. Faith which is much more precious than gold gets you moving that's what it does all right so i've exhausted my time Mm -hmm. amen